my first episode. I have so much to discuss. Well, you know it is a thrill when you go downhill Cause you're riding on the mountain of your own free will And you're zipping in a flash on a daring dash Down a waterfall so rapid that you go splish splash Splash mountain I've been waffling on whether or not I wanted to have a Disney podcast because on one hand, I have so much that I need to say all of the time and my boyfriend hasn't been to Disney World, so I think he does a lot of smiling and nodding but doesn't actually know what I'm talking about. But on the other hand, I'm a former CM and I really want to work for Disney again and I've always been cautious of not wanting to publicly put out any controversial opinion that could prevent me from being rehired. However, to quote Mulan, uh, how about a girl that has a brain who always speaks her mind? Can't blackball me now. So anyway, welcome to my podcast. I think I want to introduce myself a little before we get into it. My name is Ashlyn. I used to work for Disney. I will someday once again work for Disney. I don't currently live in Florida or California, so you will not be getting any daily parks updates or anything from me. There are plenty of sources for you if that's what you're looking for. Uh, what I want to do here is really focus on some of the bigger, juicier conversations that are going on with respect to the Walt Disney Company. I think a lot of those things are difficult, but so, so interesting. So let's get into it. Splash Mountain. Wow. Uh, in case you've been under a rock or you're perhaps not involved in the old Disney Twitter community, don't start now. It's awful there. Uh, Disney announced this week that they are retheming Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog. The impact, right? The impact. Uh, there's a lot to say. It's almost hard to know where to start. Hmm. I just, I find it so fascinating. The Disney parks exist in this bubble of perfect, escapist idealism. Or at least they should, right? That's the intention. Opening day speech literally begins with here you leave today. That's what it's all about. It's about leaving the real world at the door and escaping into this magical fantasy land where nothing outside can touch you. But because Disney employees who create the magic don't actually live in a bubble, we instead get a product of society and our culture. And that society is what led to depictions that we are now not proud of in our culture that is literally now experiencing a civil rights movement is influencing our Disney bubble once again, where we are asking ourselves, this is what we've got in the real world. What is it we want to see in a perfect world? It's deep, guys. It's deep. I don't know how much of the history I really need to hit on about Splash Mountain. I think that most people have gotten the gist by now. So I think I just want to hit on some of the fast, important facts. If you want a really good, and I mean really good, history of Splash Mountain, I cannot possibly praise enough Kevin Perger's defunct land video about Splash Mountain and about the tales of the Okefenofi at Six Flags. I think I said Okefenofi wrong, but you know, you'll still figure it out. Uh, it's wonderful. All of his videos are. Um, so check that out. But some fast historical hits here. Splash Mountain is based on the film Song of the South. Song of the South 
was a 1946 Disney film that utilized both live action and animation covering a collection of Uncle Remus stories. These stories were collected from Southern Black Americans who told stories on the plantations. They passed them down. And then they were then published by a white guy who was praised for writing the stories in a way to capture the Deep South Black dialect. So we're already seeing some issues here, based just on my description so far. I will also add at one point in the stories, Briar Fox constructs a tar baby that he then punches and kicks. And also that the plantation setting of Song of the South is incredibly idyllic. Like, it's happy and wonderful and perfect. Song of the South has had a complicated history. The title song, Zippity Doodah, won an Academy Award in 1948. And Zippity Doodah itself has had a very tough history. It's influenced by several racist songs, including Zip Coon, which gave rise to a blackface minstrel show. There is also a version that literally has the N-word in the title. So even the song is not great, which makes it wild that this has been a song that represented Disney's sunny optimism and culture for so long. It was the opening theme for Wonderful World of Disney. It played on a ton of Parks commercials, especially in the 90s. It's on a ton of merch. And now it's the main song in Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain itself doesn't feature the explicitly racist parts of Song of the South. It doesn't have a tar baby. It doesn't have a singing black man throughout the attraction. It doesn't have a wonderful looking plantation. It's a fairly sanitized version in so much as it could be sanitized when it comes from dirty source material. It's still based off of several stories that were included in the Uncle Remus tales that were written by a white dude in a racist way. So even though it's just a fox and a bear running around, we can't really say it's not inherently racist. We can't say it's totally clean. It's obviously not fine. Which is why it's wonderful to me that this is getting rethemed. People love to insist, well, the average guest doesn't know right? The average guest sees a log ride with weird happy music and a fox and a bear, and they don't know the backstory. But shouldn't we still care? If a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, it still makes a sound. If no one knows the source material is racist, the attraction is still based off of racist source material. And I think it's incredibly incongruent for Disney to refuse to let people see Song of the South, which I totally agree with, while also simultaneously profiting off of Song of the South through Splash Mountain merchandise, through Zippity Doodah, through park admission. I also think it sends a horrible cultural message. It's a message of one of our main attractions in our headliner park has racist origins. A message of one of the main songs that we associate with our company has racist influences. That's messed up, right? We can't market our way out of that one. Uh, some other fun facts about Splash Mountain. Man, I literally saw someone online saying they're desecrating a historic Disney attraction. Desecrating. Um, so let me educate you on this. Disneyland Splash Mountain went so far over budget that the only way to make the numbers work was to literally close down America Sings and then use those animatronics in Splash Mountain. We literally scavenged them from the wreckage and refuse of another attraction. How holy can Splash Mountain be? We're just searching for crumbs that we can arrange on the plate to make it look like a full meal, you know? 
also the name. It was originally called Zippity River Run. Michael Eisner, my beloved, changed the name to Splash Mountain because he wanted to be able to market the film Splash, the mermaid movie. There are no mermaids in Splash Mountain, guys. Also, Splash is now on Disney+, and they've covered the bare buttocks of Daryl Hannah's body with CGI hair, and it looks like a really unconvincing, super hairy butt. That's not the point, but I mean, you know, my point is that even the name isn't that holy. And all of this are things that obviously happen in the course of a project with a budget and competing corporate objectives, right? I work in the corporate world. I'm not saying that salvaging animatronics or giving something a snappy marketing name is a bad idea. I'm just saying that before we start crying historical theme park desecration, we need to pump the brakes a little bit here. So a Splash Mountain re-theme has been long, long, long overdue. And I am truthfully unsure why, if you love Disney and you love Disney parks, you want Disney's legacy and history to be marred by continuing to promote a major attraction that's rooted in racism. Like, that's just not going to win long-term, guys. And the longer we cling to this thing, the worse off we're going to look. We are already losing with this turd. Why do we want to lose for longer? I mean, I guess it's the same Disney fans who insist on Song of the South being re-released on Disney+, Plus, which, like, again... Do you love this company or not? Because if you want to see Disney get a lot of pushback, re-releasing Song of the South is the way to do it. I think people fall so in love with the nostalgia of Disney. That's why we have fans who are crying about their life being ruined because Splash is changing, or why people are still going on about Horizons, why people literally are in line to be the last person to eat at the electric umbrella before it closes. And like... It's fine to love the nostalgia of the Disney of our past. That's fine. There are things that have been dropped from the parks that I still miss to this day. But the problem is that we grow up in a culture that is steeped in racism, but it's packaged in fun, seductive ways. So we ride Splash Mountain and we sing zippity doo on school choir. And it's tough when we grow up and we realize that those things that we loved are actually bad because it calls into question why we loved them in the first place. There is so much whataboutism going on right now with this change where people are saying, but what about the Jungle Cruise? What about the depictions of the headhunters? What about Peter Pan? What about that Indian camp? And it's like, oh, yeah, what about those? Let's change those too. Let's acknowledge that we can do better. Let's do better. Let's keep this momentum going. Disney parks are supposed to be an escape from reality where you can be a princess, where cartoon characters come to life, where magic is all around us, where we can live in space and travel the world in an afternoon, where we leave today and enter into the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. Why would we want to cling to the reminders of how dark and unkind the world is outside of the castle walls? We should be better for the average guest. Let's be better for the next generation of kids who are going to come to the parks with their families and feel the magic of possibility. Let's be better for this legacy and for ourselves as fans. And yeah, there are questions about theming. I think this works really well for Disneyland, but Disney World, I mean, I don't know. But honestly, did a giant upturned tree with a briar patch really scream Frontierland anyway? Like it wasn't really screaming cowboys to me. And I keep seeing people online say things like, well, Louisiana doesn't have mountains. Well, okay, yeah, no, 
But that's ridiculous. Like, does the ocean have singing seagulls? That's not the point. If you're going to start pointing at things in Disney parks and saying, well, that's not realistic, then your pointer finger is going to be very tired. The point is, it's time for this. And it's the right thing to do. And I'm proud of Disney for making this move. This is a big deal. It's hard to look at your product and own up to it and realize it needs to be different. But being able to recognize your mistakes and keep moving forward, pushing for progress, that's a message that is not just baked in a bunch of Disney quotes, but are words to live by right now in the midst of this massive, important movement and also in our day-to-day lives. So folks, let's keep moving forward. We're almost there. Let's get to that great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Talk more soon. Wonderful day. Splish, splash. Plenty of sunshine. Splish.